DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Kyle Goon. He used to write for the Salt Lake Tribune. Now he writes for the Southern California News Group, and he covers the Los Angeles Laker. He is a Laker beat writer. Kyle, good morning. What's up? <laughs> well, How you doing? Welcome back to Salt Lake for, you know, a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's good stuff. It's a, I've, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about the potential for a playoff series. Uh, not to get ahead of myself. It's, a, it's an exciting, uh, it's an exciting idea. Thinking about the, the Lakers and Jazz going head to head. So this postseason. I am curious with the Lakers now at fifth, and we're getting the first uh, the the first official words of you know timelines for these uh, the two stars returns. Do you think the Lakers are locked into the four five series? Um, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's looking that way. Um, I, I, I was wondering if I, I, I honestly, I think the, the, the tough part is behind them, uh, without Anthony Davis. Um, you know, obviously the, these two games coming up against the jazz are, are going to be tough, but, um, you know, they went four and three on a seven game road trip, uh, were banged up the whole time, kind of fought through injuries. Um, and and we're able to to win some games. So it, you know, I I think the the hard part is really behind them of the schedule that they had to play without their stars. And then, you know, there's there's a critical road trip coming up uh, with two games against Dallas, who's a team that is kind of chasing to get out of the play-in spot. Um, Portland hasn't been as, as good as maybe they thought they would be once they got healthy. Um, obviously Denver is dealing with a really tough situation with Jamal Murray. Um, so, you know, they were, they were, you know, winning a ton of games coming out of the trade deadline, uh, with Aaron Gordon and now without Jamal Murray, they don't look quite as strong. Um, so I, I think the Lakers are just in a good position as long as AD kind of helps them win the games, um, down the stretch. Um, they, they do have, um, some, some critical games against those teams in the standings, but, they, they look pretty good to to get in that four or five spot as long as they can kind of keep up the pace they've been keeping up. What's Drummond going to do for this ball club? Yeah, um, I think what you, you're going to see is he's going to just give them, uh, for the rest of the regular season, just a big body so they don't have to push AD out and, and play him, you know, 35 minutes out the gate. Um, Andre Drummond can kind of take that, you know, quote unquote beating that centers take in this league. Um, and then in the postseason, when they play guys like Nikola Jokic, when they, if they have to play a guy like, uh, Joel Embiid, then he gives them a defensive answer for the bigger bodies that, you know, AD, um, you know, may kind of phase in and out guarding, um, cause he's not quite as physical as those guys, but, I think Andre Drummond really gives them a defensive answer for the bigger, more physical scoring centers in the league. Yeah, but they're not going to be able to worry about Drummond against Embiid because the Jazz are going to go to the finals. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I hear I hear your callers now. Don't get me wrong. But the, the thing I like about the Lakers um, relative to the Jazz is um, the Jazz, 
you know, they, they are just locked in on their style right now. Um, and, and it's really just fitting for the modern era. You know, Rudy obviously has anchored the defense for years, and now they have so much three-point shooting, so much good three-point shooting around him that offensively they're this, this juggernaut. But what I like about the Lakers comparatively is, hey, the Lakers can put out a, a ton of different lineups, um, and they can play a lot of different styles, which is sort of what you saw last year, especially defensively. You know, if they, they needed a center, um, you know, they could, they could throw in Dwight Howard. Um, if they if they need to play small, hey, Anthony Davis can play center. And you, they don't even need a, a point guard because LeBron James can run point, so they can just put a whole bunch of defensive wings in at the guard spot. Um, and they bring those guys back. And Andre Drummond is essentially a better version of what Dwight Howard was last year. So I think that's what the challenge is for the Jazz because as good as the Jazz are in their style, they play that style. So if the Lakers can get them out, if the Jazz hit a three-point shooting slump, um, you know, then they're in some trouble in a, in a matchup against a team like the Lakers. As the Lakers get healthy here, and, and obviously the first goal is to get healthy and be playing well, but is there any matchup they would try to avoid, any matchup they would seek, or do they think if they're healthy and playing well, we're the Lakers and he's LeBron and whatever, we're good to go? Yeah, I, I mean, not only would I say I think the Lakers think that, I think, I think a lot of people think that because of, you know, how last year went. Um, and and LeBron kind of showed even at this stage he can still do a lot of the things that he's done for so much of his career. I mean, he had some great closing games last year. Um, you know, I think game five of the finals is almost forgotten how good LeBron was there because Jimmy Butler was so good and the, the Lakers didn't end up closing out because Danny Green missed a shot. So, and, But, you know, LeBron was like something like 17 for 20 in, in game five of the NBA Finals because he thought he was going home. Um, and then they just crushed the heat in game six. So, you're still seeing things that uh, sort of signs of classic LeBron. Um, and it's, it's like a thing of like, Hey, it's, it's the, the natural law of things until it's not. So uh, you can definitely say that because LeBron is coming off this high ankle sprain, you know, who, who really knows if he's going to be able to do those things again when he comes back. Um, and I think the Lakers are, are really trying to be cautious with both their stars um, but I, I think the Lakers have this sense of, hey, if we're healthy, who's going to beat us? Um, and, you know, I, I think there are, I think around the NBA, that is the sense, too, since they're coming off the championship. And, and I, and I kind of thought that I, I really liked what Denver was doing. Um, I, I really thought that trade for Aaron Gordon made them really defensively stronger than they were last year. But without Jamal Murray, I I don't see them as the kind of contender that could have knocked the Lakers out in those early rounds. They were going to meet up in that four or five series. Agreed. So you talk about how Drummond is a better Dwight Howard, and that's an addition-subtraction thing there when they let Howard go. But also, too, on the guard line, they let go or didn't return, retain Green and Rondo. Are the Lakers worse the same or better at guard line than they were last year? Yeah. Um, 
that that's an interesting question because, um, you know, they, they traded for Dennis Schroeder, who I think they saw as a younger, uh, more dynamic Rondo. And I and in the sense of scoring, um, Dennis Schroeder has definitely been very dynamic getting to the basket. Um, he's been, you know, fine shooting the ball. And, and he's been a good um, guy on defensive pressure. I do kind of wonder... In the playoffs, I mean, he, he's been an okay playoff player. Um, he's never had to, you know, go on a, a deep run. And I, I think he lacks some of the just intuition that Rajan Rondo brings to a, to a playoff series. Um, and, and obviously we all know what playoff Rondo is. I mean, occasionally he can just go off, dominate stretches of games, and, and create runs. Uh, I don't think Dennis Schroeder is that kind of playoff player. Um, but I think he is just a more solid, hey, I'm going to get you 15 to 17 points. Um, you know, I'm going to create drives to the basket, create that threat off the dribble, which is something, frankly, the Lakers really needed out of their guard line because Danny Green um, was not that. KCP is not that. Alex Russo is not that. So I think what he really brings is just offensive value in terms of, hey, I'm going to attack if you're if your guys are switching off me. Um, because I'm so quick to the basket, um, and defensively, just really spirit, just just energy. So I think that's the really big change. Um, and and then replacing Danny is KCP and Alex Russo, who are you know two guys who who know what the heck they're doing. Uh, and and Wesley Matthews, who's also been pretty good after a slow start. Kyle Goon joining us, Laker beat writer for the Southern California News Group. He used to work for the Tribune once upon a time. He covered the Utes. I can still hear Larry Kristoviak. Gooner! Gooner! (laughs) And so there is that Ute connection with the Lakers now, and you're covering Kuzma, and obviously what people have written and said about him has varied wildly. He has been uh, the darling, the bell of the ball at times, and at other times people look at him like, this isn't working out, he's going to have to go. Has he settled into a role there that people really like, that he's really comfortable in, or is there a more roller coaster to come? Yeah, um, he he is settled. Um, and, you know, I think that's why you see him signed to a multi-year deal because there has been a mentality shift. Um, and uh, I, I think it was pretty evident at times um, in that first year with LeBron that um, – Kyle kind of was trying to posture and, and say, "Hey, you know, I know I belong in this league too." And um, I think it, I think they've had. Uh, I think he would tell you they've had a great relationship all along, but I think they've there's been some complexity to it because Kyle was a young player trying to establish himself. He he thought of himself as a scorer. Um, he, I mean, he was a scorer. He was he was nearly a twenty point per game scorer as a as a second year player. Um, and he's just had to adapt that because the Lakers don't need that with, with Anthony Davis in the fold. Um, so he's kind of really tweaked his game to become um, more of a support player. Um, I think the biggest strides he's made are defensive, um, where he used to just be the guy who, who gets burned and, and now is really steady um, and, and is able to guard um, really good players in this league for longer stretches and not to say he doesn't have um, his his, his um, you know letdowns here and there, but that's a huge reason why 
this team has been able to maintain its, its number one defense defensive rating in the NBA despite not having LeBron, despite not having AD for long stretches. And that's guys like Kyle who kind of keep the culture going. And, I, and it was funny, I was having a conversation with somebody last night who, who's close to Kyle uh, at the game with fans, oh my gosh, um, and he was saying, you know, Kyle's taken so so long to kind of adapt to this supporting player. It's It's been a little bit of an adjustment for him to have to be a more aggressive scorer with LeBron and AD out. So you kind of see how far down the spectrum he's moved to kind of adapt and, and be a championship player, which he now understands. So we've been discussing should the Jazz try to maybe tank to get out of playing the Lakers in the second round, <laughs> and probably not a lot of difference between the Lakers and Clippers. But do you think that the Lakers and Clippers are going to keep an eye on each other to make sure they're on opposite sides of the bracket so the first time they could play each other would be in the conference final? Man, I, to, to be frank, I don't think the Lakers have that much control over their future. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't know what the Clippers are doing. Um, I don't. I don't know what their mentality is after last year. I mean, um, I think it would be cool to have a, a a hallway series, which has never happened in NBA history before. I actually, last year when I was in the bubble, I uh, I was I spent a lot of the day of Game Seven of of Clippers Nuggets writing a story um, and and PK you'd appreciate this as a former print guy I wrote like a 40 inch story about hey here's what's happening with the uh, the Staples Center series between the Lakers and Clippers and I had to trash it <laughs> I, had to, I had to freaking trash the whole thing they had a double digit lead again and I had to trash the thing nice. so uh, yeah maybe I can recover some that something of that yeah, story <laughs> if they were able to, to play again this year but uh, look, I mean, we're still talking about, you know, we're not sure when LeBron comes back. Um, high ankle sprains are tricky. Um, it's it's been, uh, you know, almost a month now. It may be six weeks before he comes back. I just don't think the Lakers have that kind of control where they can, you know, say, hey, we're gonna win X many games or lose X many games so we can have an opponent. And I don't think the Lakers would present that mentality either because I think you know their mentality that they try to build and and frankly which I think the Jazz have um, because you see what they're doing is hey we're going to try and win every game um, if we have a chance to win this game we're going to win it and to me that is the mentality of a champion more so than trying to be selective of of trying to find the right matchup I so no the Jazz should not tank to avoid the Lakers. I, I, I like the Lakers' chances in a series against the Jazz. But if you're really the Jazz and you've won, you know, 41, 42 games so far, you're probably going to end up winning, you know, at least 50 games in a 72-game schedule. You say, you know what? We've been winning. Take us on. You know, you, yeah. you get to come to our place, which has fans now, and, right. and you got to win games in our place. You know, we, we've been winning. And that's, that's our, our habit. So, no, don't tank. It's, it's silly. It's a silly talk. So when you talk about the championship mentality and a couple teams having it, I think most years you can look at two or three teams. And, you know, if I got to pick two or three teams and you got the field, I would, I would, take, I would take you to the bank nine years out of ten and clean you out. 
But this year does feel different. How many legit potential champions are there in the NBA? Uh, look, I mean, the whole the whole subtext of this season is, you know, you never know who's going to be in the freaking lineup. <laughs> um, you know, and, and not to jinx anything, I'll, I'll, I'll use the Lakers as an example. I mean, the Lakers could get healthy and they could, you know, let's say they win eight straight games going into the playoffs and then you know, in the morning of the playoffs, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are, are in COVID protocol. You know what I mean? Um, so you, you never know what the heck is going to happen. Um, I, as mentioned earlier, you know, I'm sure a lot of people didn't really see what was going to happen with Jamal Murray happening. And, and injuries are more common this season, I think, because the, the schedule is so compact um, and they're playing so many games. I mean, the Lakers um, are playing – 35 games in, in 65 nights on the, on the back half of the schedule since all-star break. So it's, it's just really tough to predict. So I, I honestly think, and another reason why you don't tank is, you know, it could be the jazz this year. It could be the jazz as much as any team. So I would think probably three teams in the East and maybe the four or five top teams in the West could, could all do it. I, I, I kind of think my cutoff is, you know, kind of Portland. I'm not sure that Portland is really built to do it. Um, it's looking obviously like the Nuggets are less ready, but I, I really like the Jazz. I think the Suns are, are underestimated, um, and I, I personally underestimate them a little bit because I question whether, you know, Devin Booker and, and DeAndre Ayton can make a run in their first year in the playoffs. Um, but I like the Clippers, I like the Jazz, I like the Lakers, and, and you can't turn your nose up at, at what the Suns are doing right now. Well, Kyle, it's good to hear your voice again. We appreciate you coming on the air, and who knows, there might be a Jazz Lakers series with fans in both buildings and media traveling. It could happen, yeah, look, as I mean, likes I'm, to say. Uh, I'm about to get my second vaccine shot. Um, I hear Juniors is open. So I'll I'll be seeing you either way. Good. I know I'll be seeing you. Kyle Goon, <laughs> Laker beat writer for the Southern California News Group. My guy, my guy. Hey, have a great day, guys. Thank you, Kyle. All right, there it is. Don't tank, PK. It's not the mentality. Now we've heard it from both ends of a potential Jazz Laker series. I'm on board with that philosophy. Because what difference does it make? Clippers, Lakers, Locke knows a ton of basketball, and he's got the Clippers as the best team. So you tell me, what's the difference? I don't know that there's any difference. So you don't want to be, uh, what's the phrase, you got to be careful what you wish for sometimes. Yep. Go ahead and get this thing. If, if you can get it, I mean, it's not like a walk in a park either. And I agree with what Locke was saying. We'll know more in about 10 days with Phoenix where they stand with this five game. I think they got one game home against San Antonio, and then they take off on that five-game road trip. So let's check back at that time and see where they are. So it may be out of your hands anyway, but uh, play to win. Play to win within reason. And I'm I'm confident Quinn Snyder can do that just fine. You're right about San Antonio, and they got Milwaukee to open the trip, a back-to-back in Philly and Boston, and then a back-to-back with uh, Brooklyn and New York. A trip the Jazz went over to them. Yeah, Boston has been on an upwards trend, absolutely. 
Yeah. And and it'll be the second game. They open with Philly, and then Boston is the second game. The, those road 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 back to backs can be the the tough one. Philly to Boston's sure. not too oh, yeah, far, yeah. and the other one is in New York. At least they don't have to travel. Uh, right. It's a, it's what they did with the the Jazz. Uh, you know, Nets and Knicks on consecutive days. That's what they should do with everybody since they're right there within minutes of each other. Yep. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What have you missed in this show? We will get to it coming up. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Did you hear Jordan Clarkson use the term even keel? I don't get it too high, too low about nothing. I stay even keel. Those of us who are sailors, we know what that is. You're going to go to the origin of even keel. That's where no, we're no, going. When a ship is trimmed evenly upon the water, drawing the same depth forward and aft, then that's even keel. And some ships sail better when they're brought by the head and others by the stern. Well, I don't want to get into it for those who have limited knowledge. All of right. Sailing. Long John Silver. Let's get back to talking about <laughs> basketball. <laughs> Dr. Merman, guess what? Ahoy! I sail. I'm a sailor. I sail. Keep sailing, Bob. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Shot clock down to 5. Holiday going to go to work here. Holiday stutter step move, fading jumper. Good at the buzzer over Capella. Wow, that's a tough shot. Looney has it back to Lee. The Warriors putting backcourt pressure. Get them to turn over. Curry from downtown. It's up and good. Jalen dribbles out of the wing, shovels it into the paint. Caught there by Tristan Thompson. Bounce pass for the cutter. Tatum two-hand slam. Great decision making by Tristan Thompson. Payne on the angle, right side now. DeBridges lob it in for DA. Over the rim and in for DeAndre. Play by Mikel Bridges. All right, there's some highlights from the NBA. Short uh, short schedule last night, only four games. The games that mattered to the Jazz fans are that the Suns beat the Kings 122-114 to draw within a game of the Jazz in the standings, and the Celtics beat the Lakers 121-113. Jalen Brown went for 40. The Jazz are playing the Lakers tomorrow. The Lakers have been in win-one-lose-one mode. They have gone almost three weeks now. Almost three weeks without winning or losing back-to-back games. They've been right at 500. And as you just referenced on the way into the last break, PK, Boston's rolling now. I don't know what was going wrong at the end of March. They closed out March by losing 7 of 10, including to the Jazz. But they also lost to some teams way down in the standings. Cleveland and Sacramento were beating them. It was terrible. But turn the calendar to April, and they've gone 7-1 and in April. So they're back, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Swept a three-game road trip through Denver, Portland, and the Lakers, and the Lakers are shorthanded, and uh, Jamal Murray was out in Denver and all that. But that thirty-one to three run in Denver that got everybody's attention. Who goes on a yeah, thirty? Wow. <laughs> who goes on a thirty-one to three run? So the Celtics are playing well, and they're going to see the Suns here uh, coming up on this big road trip. The Suns are about to go on, but those are the two games that really mattered last night. Uh, Steph Curry is entertaining as always. I guess that could matter. They could end up being eight in the West. It's hard to know how all that's going to play out, but they thumped the Cavs 119-101, and Steph went for 33, and he didn't even shoot the three well. It's like 4-13, but still had 33 points, and they won. Yeah, he's an amazing player, an amazing shooter, no question about that. For the Suns that, there, DeAndre Ayton has really picked up his game. Yes. But I would be I would be concerned about the uh, Jazz or uh, the Jazz. I'd be concerned about uh, Steph Curry and the Warriors because they could be eight. Yeah, you absolutely. could see them That's in the a- first see them in the first round. And you go yeah. back to your Donovan Mitchell as first team All NBA. You know, I don't think Steph will get that. I think he'll be second or third. Uh, but the more he throws up these forty and fifty point games down the stretch. I 
can't rule out him getting the votes to be first team. I don't think he will because I don't think they've won enough. Right. But I can't rule it out either. I think he's got a shot to be in the Hall of Fame. Good one. About a hundred percent shot. Even better than that. Really? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that is fantastic. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, there was tons of Hall of Fame news. Uh, Michael Jordan will be the presenter for the late Kobe Bryant when he goes into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. MJ will also introduce Baylor women's coach Kim Mulkey. So, MJ, two of the ten. Why not? Why doesn't everyone have MJ present them? You're MJ. Come present me. Uh, yeah, I don't know what kind of relationship he has with Kim Mulkey, but I know she's been a great coach there at Baylor for a number of years. Yeah. And the Pro Football Hall of Fame said they're enshrinement up for uh, early August, the 20 class, the 21 class, and the Centennial class. It's part of the league's 100th anniversary. So all three of those classes, the two of them were supposed to go in last year, but now they'll do all three in, uh, in early August in Canton, Ohio. I was back there one time. I got sent back there when Steve Young... Have you ever been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction in that oh, weekend in Canton? Canton I have was, not been to the induction, no. <laughs> there were so many people. <laughs> there were crowds everywhere. Well, they have so, that game in association with uh, it, They too. do. They do. Well, in the year we were there, um, Mar- uh, Dan Marino went in, and he's all the, the Marino fans from Pittsburgh to Canton. It's like a two-hour drive. Right, so right. the place was just yeah. swamped with Marino jerseys. It's just... Marino jerseys yeah. everywhere. Pittsburgh to Cleveland's only a couple hours. Yeah, and Canton's only an hour down the right. freeway from Cleveland. It's like, right. uh, I don't know what it, but Provo to Ogden, yeah, sort of. I've made the, I've made those drives. Yeah, it's a, I don't know if you're ever if you're ever in Columbus or Cleveland, it's easy to get to Canton. It's literally right off the interstate. It's right it's right there, it, and it's pretty cool. They've got some they got some cool stuff in there. I have to say though, I, I wish it was as cool as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm a bigger football fan than I am a music fan, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, awesome. Whoever did that, A plus job. I was in there for hours and. And I had to go because of time, and I hadn't seen everything. That's and then the Pro Football Hall of Fame is good. It's totally worth the trip. But the Hall of Fame, the Music Hall of Fame, is just off the charts. I've been there four times. Yeah, have you seen it all now? And four trips? Have you finally gotten through it all? Because there's a lot of stuff. They probably rotate exhibits. It's probably a little. Uh, yeah, different. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit different. It was that's spread over like ten years, fifteen years yeah. that I've been there. Yeah, I just I, I can't give the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a high enough grade. I was incredibly impressed. And I did enjoy the Football Hall of Fame. It's Every room is different. One room felt like an elementary school classroom, but the bust room is, is good. Now they put in a theater, and they're showing all kinds of movies and videos well, and stuff. And I mean, let's face it, the bust room is always good. Hey-oh! <laughs> Yuck, that is a drop there, buddy. <laughs> We're on it. DJ telling us the bust room was good. In the Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame. Thank you for context. <laughs> Major League Baseball, it's the series. The NL West with two of the three best teams. The Yankees are supposed to be the third best team. They're not off to the greatest start. We'll see how that shakes out. But it's Dodgers-Padres, the first meeting of the year. And the Dodgers could not be – the Padres are off to a good start. Uh, they're, they're on a 100-win pace, 104-win pace. But the Dodgers are 11-2. and Is this what they're going to do? They're just going to lose once a week all year long and set all kinds of records and just blow everybody away? Because 104 wins, I mean, their whole there have been many seasons in the in Major League Baseball where no team won 104 games, and this is just a start. They'd have to sustain it. I get that, but this 11 and two start for the Dodgers is just off the charts. Oh, I think they're 101. 100, the Dodgers 110, are 101 team for sure. I was gonna say 110, and I'm trying to spit out. Whew. I think they're a 110 win team. Man, 
110. Dodgers win again. They beat the Rockies 7-5. You're watching the game. I, I only saw the highlights, and it was not perfect baseball from the Dodgers as they messed some stuff up and let some runs in they probably didn't need to, and it didn't matter because anytime they got in trouble, they just hit another three-run homer, and they win 7-5. to The three-run homer. The only thing better is the grand slam. Justin Turner, Max Muncy going deep for the Dodgers. Yep. Uh, all right, so a little baseball there. The Dodgers and Padres will play this weekend. It's uh, MLB Network tonight. And you can do it because the Jazz are playing at 1 o'clock. The rare matinee game. No holiday associated, but, well, they got an afternoon national TV game in L.A., and you got to give them time to get there and get tested and get rested and all that stuff. So 1 o'clock today it is. Jazz and Pacers. All right, buckle up, as Bowler likes to say, if I can borrow that trademark phrase. Here comes Rick the Dishwasher. Rick, we're getting up against the break, so uh, you can't have the, the, the rattling on on the take. you got to hit it. Hit it hard, hit it quick. Ready? And go, Rick. What do you got? Dang, I wanted to talk Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, question first, who do you guys think would win a three-point shooting contest in practice if they shot 100 Three from five different spots. Remember, nobody covering you, set shot. Who, who do you think is the best shooter on the team? Right now I'd go with Joe. Yeah, I was going to say probably Joe. Uh, but, you know, if he's off, he's in a groove. The gap isn't that massive. But I think Joe would have to be the favorite. And Niang. It would be close. They should do it. That way you let players know when you're swinging it around the outside, you know, he can definitely bang them at a higher rate than me. Uh, the only guy who does that is Royce. Royce, if he's not open and wide open, he won't take it. I think Donovan probably is because he takes the hardest ones. And Conley maybe too. Joe's release is so slow. I don't know if he'd get tired doing it or what, but they're amazing. Eight shooters on this team. And that's the problem with this team is they try to win with the three, not with defense. And that could show up in the playoffs because there's two ways to beat the Jazz. Smother Ingles, that's a big point. Uh, Clippers do it. You you put a bigger guy, a six foot seven small forward on, and you change uh, Donovan into a turnover guy and a uh, low efficient shooter. And and that's the other way is is cover Donovan with a bigger guy. Other than that, I mean they're a good team. With these injured teams, I think they got a real shot. All right, we thank you. thank you for the call. Thanks for calling, and uh, that's what six good foot guys have always faced. That's been going on for decades. In the NBA Finals, the Bulls would throw two six six guys at Stockton and get the ball out of his hands, and double team him with Harper and Jordan, or Jordan and Pippen, or whatever combination they could run out there. So, yeah, yeah Donovan's yeah. already seen a lot of it, and he's going to see a lot more of it. And I just think if if you have a six foot guy guard who's lighting up the other six foot guards, the first thing every NBA coach is going to do is. Find a 6'4", six, 6'6 six, six guy and, and try to get that size advantage. Okay, but that's where the draw and pass comes in. Yep. Yeah, Who are you leaving open? Well, and that's the thing where if the pick and roll and if Rudy really sets a good screen, can you get rid of that 6'7 guy and switch him on to somebody else where he's got a better matchup? Uh, now, the, the problem is, you know, you, you get a team, you know, <laughs> everyone's constructing these rosters where there's just an endless number of 6'6 six, six and 6'7 six, guys. So that's been the whole thing. Try to get a lineup that can switch one through five so Donovan or any six-footer, I mean, Chris Paul's been dealing with the same thing his whole career, you know, can't find that guy to get on where the matchup is easier for him. And that's well, why you hear all these teams prioritizing, we can switch one through five. 
Thank goodness Mitchell is not six 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 seven. Because you wouldn't he, have gotten him. You wouldn't have gotten him. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He would have been drafted, you know, five or ten spots earlier or whatever. Yeah. True story. He would not have been available for the taking, even with you trading up to get there. Right. You had to trade up higher, and, and that's usually – you can't usually move up that far. You know, you can move up ten spots. but No, he would have been the ultimate stud. No one would have given him up. Are yep. you kidding me? He might not have been two years in Louisville. He might not have even been in that draft. So, everyone right, would have been exactly. different. So, yes. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the deal that everybody's got to solve, and that's why people bring up the the Clippers and the Lakers because they have these guys multiple long defenders who are a problem, and yep. everybody you know it doesn't doesn't matter if you're playing in grade school or you're playing in the NBA. Everybody wants that matchup where you know you're, you're taller than the other guy and you just look over them and everybody Man, six seven kids in grade school that'd be awesome. That would be you know uh, <laughs> just stand up and look over the top of the double team. Any team you anytime you can do that at any level you win. That's always a bonus. All right, DJ and PK. When we come back, your feedback, everything you think about this show, we'll get to it next. Stay with us. And it's all over, almost here. Don't go nowhere. The bust room is is good. <laughs> DJ and PK, it's time for your feedback the on bust today's room is, is good show. <laughs> That's Pro Football Hall of Fame talk there, as far as you know. <laughs> the question of the day. Should the Jazz tank or negotiate the standings to purposely avoid playing the Lakers until the conference finals? And the answer is a resounding no. Where people can't agree is why not to do that. They agree, don't do it. We've got a group of people who line up behind Michael who says, no way, all caps, three exclamation points. I should probably shout that, shouldn't I? No way, Jose. No way. He <laughs> says, we have to beat the best to be the best. Grab the number one seed. Tell all the other teams in the league, the championship comes through Salt Lake. Three more exclamation points. Sure, that'd be cool. Edmund says no, but they should definitely prioritize being healthy and rested when the playoffs start. Okay, and one thing to factor into all of that is the Jazz are going to have at least five and maybe six off, probably six days off, between the end of the regular season and their first playoff game. So factor that in. Uh, Then we've got uh, following along, saying, I wouldn't. We don't really know if the Lakers will be fifth or sixth. The best thing to do is go to L.A. and beat the Lakers twice. The Mavs have a relatively soft schedule and could move up. Key in all of that is the Mavs and Lakers playing twice in three days. Uh, Kyle Goon just said that trip to Dallas could determine five and six, and he doesn't really think the Lakers have that all that much control over where they finish. Getting guys back and getting them into the groove has got to be the priority, and then however it plays out after that, they don't have that much more wiggle room in his. In his well, opinion. injuries have forced the Lakers' hand right to exactly. put priority of health being number one. Yep. Kyle Goon, Laker beat writer for the Southern California News Group, joining us earlier in this show. Uh, we also ran this past David Locke, and Jake tweets at us and says, I missed it. What did Locke say? I say no. Number two might draw the Mavs and then the Clippers. We need to get a series win under our belt first. I don't like looking ahead. Well, Jake, you're kind of on Locke's line of thinking there. He didn't really get into the looking ahead thing one way or another. Uh, but he did think that the Clips were an incredibly difficult matchup and was not in favor of doing something to adjust your schedule so you can go get the Clippers in the second round. So he wasn't in favor. Again, no one really thinks the Jazz should do this, but why people think they shouldn't do it is all over the map. 
Well, playing the Clippers in the second round isn't exactly a consolation or uh, something <laughs> a that you want to yeah. well, yeah, we got the Clippers, way to go. See, I think that's that's the difference between the East and the West. In the East, you could have a much easier yeah, yeah, sure. path. Yeah, now, right. if Boston keeps this up, and who knows if they will or won't, right? They had two weeks at the end of March where they looked terrible, and people were wondering if they were going to be in the 7 through 10 play-in stuff. And now they've come out here in April and they look great. And so this Celtic turns the, the, into a legitimate big four. You still got your favorites, but the top of the East to be representative. But for a while there, it looked like there might only be three good teams in the East, and whoever the one seed is really could have an, an easy series against the winner of the 4-5 series in the East because Miami couldn't get it together. Boston couldn't get it together. Indiana had slipped quite a bit. I mean, you, just, you run through all the possibilities. There didn't seem to be anyone there. Maybe it'll be the Celtics. Maybe so. We'll have to see. There's still time. If they continue to play the way they're playing now, uh, that that's a pretty good ball club who just, for whatever yeah. reason, couldn't get it together until late in the season uh, and ends up being a force in the postseason for them. That's all that matters. So the, the fact it looks like, for the Jazz perspective, to win a title, uh, this is going to that, – that's why I think this, this has an opportunity to mean more, more than ever to win a title because you're not facing – a bunch of uh, cupcakes along the way. It's going. You're going to have three, if not all four, series be very, very difficult. Yes, agreed. Uh, and and the only way to say three, if not four, I think if you aren't the one seed, then you're going to have four difficult series. And I think there's going to be three difficult series. Maybe the Mavericks will be seven and just roll over against somebody, but I I don't think so. Dodsich is too good, and they got enough around him. You know, even though they went out to the Clippers in the first round, it was six games. Doncic hit a dramatic shot to tie the series 2-2. It wasn't easy. And the Clippers oh, yeah, got poor Zingas missed it like he normally does. Missed the last couple yeah. games, if I remember. So, the Warriors, the Warriors, they, they, they throw a scare at me because their legend and legacy is already established as far as that goes. So, they can come out and be free and loose, and Steph can just have a good time. Uh, because they're not expected to do anything, man. They would be dangerous as far as I would be concerned and looking forward to next year. And Wiseman is out. They've already announced that he's having season-ending surgery. He got hurt, so he's their young big man, obviously. So uh, Steph and those guys just fired up, man. we got nothing to lose here. So that that sort of makes you a little dangerous as far as I'm concerned, too. So they very well, and I don't know that they'll play them because I don't know how that thing is going to pan out, but that could be... Not something you just not like the year the Jazz played the Clippers when they were under five hundred. <laughs> yeah, you, you knew full well that the was most a three was going game. as five. Oh, was that, that was, a, was three. Yeah, it was a three was game it? sweep. But those were in the best three of five days. Okay, yeah. So maybe it maybe it goes four, yeah. but I mean, obviously, it was not much competition whatsoever. That's not what you're going to have. All right, we got more people. Uh, more people uh, tweeting us here and. Uh, uh, and again, the reason's all over the map. No, don't do it. It sends the wrong message. Uh, that's the part I want to sign off on is just, just the mentality. I mean, they can't – I don't think, because I don't think the Suns are going to run the table through this tough stretch here. No. I, don't, I don't think that the Jazz can simply rest guys in one game and move. You know, it, I think to move, they're going to have to have guys miss like three games and sit for a week, and that's too obvious, and it sends an obvious message you can't really debate what the message is. The message is, well, we're not really good enough, and we definitely have to do everything we can to avoid these guys. That's just a horrible mindset to put the team in. So, 
you got to play it out. Rest guys, yeah. get them healthy. You know, if Conley doesn't play back to backs or four games, well, they've been days, doing we that. Get that. Yeah, and we get that. You know, but yeah. I think that even doing that, I think they're going to end up the one seed. Uh, I do too. The 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 Sun schedule is really difficult, and they've got to make sure that their guys are healthy. You know, they can't have Chris Paul hurt the hamstring. You know, he got hurt in Houston when it looked like maybe they had a chance, and he's limping off the court. He's well, he's lot, their one guy. Yeah, he's had a lot of season end injuries, so they need to do a lot of the stuff the Jazz are doing with Conley. They need to do whatever they can so they have Chris Paul at his best in the playoffs. That's obvious. Now, before we go, Yak, I mean, it is the weekend. And we all want to have a good time in the weekend. And we pretty much know what DJ does to have a good time in the weekend, don't we? The bust room is, is good. Yeah. <laughs> that is so out of context and so wrong. But so awesome. <laughs> Where does DJ spend most of his time in the weekends? Wow. You know, the you're bust not, room you're not is, talking is good. Over it. I'm going to wreck everything. I'm yakking. <laughs> we got to go. Hans and Scotty are coming up next. <laughs> One more time. The oh, bust man. room is, is good. <laughs> you're... <laughs> 